Hello, and welcome to Work and Witch, the podcast where we talk business and so much more with creatives, dreamers, and neurodivergent business owners that would simply implode if they didn't have a way to get the constant rotation of ideas out of their brains and into the world. I'm your host, Jackie, aka your cosmic bestie, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into it. Okay, I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast, astrologer and real-life Victorian doll, Corey Ann of A Witch of the Crossroads. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, so we have a ton to talk about. I already know like we're going to have to record again because we've got so much we could cover. Um, but before we get into the questions, for anybody that doesn't know exactly what you do, can you tell us a little bit about The Witch of the Crossroads? Like any um, – like specific type of astrological uh oh what are they called <laughs> i was gonna say house but that doesn't make sense any like i know there are different types of astrology like all that what, whatever you're into let's hear about it totally totally um so yes i am Corey ann i am the witch at the crossroads i am an astrologer and writer and teacher um i I would say, like, as of right now, what I'm offering right now, um, astrology-wise, I'm kind of just doing, like, regular, like, birth chart and transit readings. Um, This year is definitely going to be a year of kind of, like, experimenting with different types of offerings and hopefully honing in on, like, exploring ways to offer other branches of astrology. But I would say that, like, I as a a general um, practice, I offer just natal chart readings and uh transits and um kind of um just basic exploration of birth charts my approach to astrology is based in um hellenistic traditional technique and theory um but with the kind of caveat and approach of bringing it into like modern day um and kind of understanding that what we're you know, facing uh, today as a collective and individually is not the same as when these systems were formulated thousands of years ago, Um, but also understanding the value and the history and the lineage of Western astrology. Yeah, Does that answer the question? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So many of the things that we do now, like any type of astrology, tarot, like any sort of like witchcraft, anything that people are doing now, it's so important to take into account life now, like life as it is now, because <laughs> I mean, so much like tarot, for example, it's so binary um, in the way that it was created. And that is not at all the world that we live in. Like we're uh, re-realizing that, you know, humans and life is not binary. So um, having to navigate the like roots of things, but also make sure you are taking into account what life is actually like now is so important. And I love that you do that. Um, So I know that we chatted about things that we want to cover today, but before we get into those, I feel like I have to touch on your personal style, which I absolutely love because you are so, I mean, it's so much a part of your vibe Um, and Libra. So obviously, Um, (laughs) but do you find that your style plays a role in how you show up in your business or like sort of like how do you craft your business around your own personal style, stuff like that? 
Um, that's such an interesting question. I feel like um, yes and no. Um, my personal style is definitely um, something that is very um, pervasive in my spaces and in the way that I dress and present myself, um, you know, most of the time. Um, but I, and I, and I feel like I try to reflect that in like where, um, you know, how I appear in online spaces and my business and such. Um, but I also, um, struggle with cohesiveness and the way that I like interact with, um, like social media specifically. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you see that in my business. That means I'm doing something because I feel like, um, I'm still kind of like figuring out (laughs) how that translates, um, um, into like a, an aesthetic online. Oh no, I absolutely do. I mean, maybe I'm completely off of the mark, but for me, like from an outsider perspective, your entire vibe online, um, feels like going into a really beautiful old library. Like everything just feels mission um, accomplished. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like to me. <laughs> so if you don't, I mean, if you don't already follow Corianne, we'll get into all of her socials later. Um, so where you can follow her, but if you don't follow her and like check out her style, because I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, and it's so like, I am in your face, bright pink, Leo, Leo, Leo. And yours is so like beautifully Libra, like um, a Jane Austen novel. Like it's just so like cool and Victorian and beautiful. And like, I don't know, it just feels very comforting and warm and I love it. But it's also like so unique to you. Did you, is this something that you found like later on in life or have you been a Victorian doll since birth? (laughs) (laughs) um that's such an interesting uh I I don't necessarily know that I would say since birth and I would feel like stylistically (laughs) I've gone through a lot of evolution through my lifetime um but I think what's interesting about like kind of like where I find myself now and like how I've gradually built to where my style is now over the last like I don't know maybe like five years or so is that I see like the way that I dress now and the things that I'm into now and how I kind of like to present my aesthetic now. And it is something that like um, young, like adolescent me would have loved. And um, so I think that there's a lot about like the way that I, um, I would say a lot of my style journey revolves around kind of like coming back like into myself and learning how to be myself and breaking away from kind of like uh, centering my expression around trying to fit in for so many years. Um, I find find that so interesting. It seems to be a common thread with so many people because same, like I was trying so hard to um, like fit in and make the most people comfortable. And then a couple of years ago, I was just like, this is stupid. Let's, what would I have liked (laughs) when I was, what would I have liked when I was like 10? What would I have been like? Yeah, that's cool. And that's what I do now. And I feel so much more like me. So um, it's just inter- like none of us have unique experiences, right? We're all doing the same thing, just in different ways. And I just think it's really cool that so many of the people that I talk to seem to say the same thing that, you know, I don't touch on style with everybody because not everybody has such a like cool, unique, specific style. Um, but I-, I talk to everybody sort of about um, like childhood a little bit. We'll get into that in my questions that I ask everybody later <laughs> on. But um, everybody seems to be very much like going back, like 
finding their way back home and that and we sort of came into the world and as children were already like who we wanted to be and then steered away from that and now everybody's coming back to it and I love it I'm so excited about it I think it'll be so much cooler when they do it absolutely and you know that's not to say that like those versions of me weren't me um I think that um there's a lot of um I think that uh, I personally have, um, you know, my experience revolves around kind of like trying on different things and different things suiting at different times. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say like my style now, like where where it's come and in kind of how I present myself now, definitely it feels the most true and resonant that it ever has. Yeah, and that's not to say that like the outward expression of our style won't change, and you know, totally. if it does change, it's not to say that it's not us. But I think. I think what is happening is people are just finding the comfortability with just doing the things that make you feel the most happy and just worrying about what brings you joy and how you want to express yourself instead of worrying about what anybody else thinks. And I think that's what's really cool. And that's how you get your own personal style. Um, Not that we're here to talk about style for the whole (laughs) podcast. I promise we will move on, but it's just something I really wanted to touch on with you. But um, yeah, so obviously like evolving and changing doesn't take away from um you being who you are I just think it's that like embracing of just making yourself happy that really makes people shine totally totally agree yeah cool all right well let's get into the stuff that we wanted to talk about um so as someone that doesn't have a million Leo placements like I do I know that being the face of your business online has been something that maybe you not struggled with, but like you're sort of trying to learn to get comfortable with. You weren't immediately like, yes, let me put my face all over the internet all the time. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, how can I get myself and my voice and my face on more platforms? Please, somebody. Look at me. <laughs> um, so how have you sort of navigated your those feelings around showing up online and the need to show up online? Um, so ironically, I do have three Leo placements. I don't know if you knew that about me or not. So I do have like a Leo stellium. So like, I feel like maybe I'm just like on that polar opposite end of like, um, granted I do, um, have Chiron in Leo as well. So, which is, you know, um, for those of you who aren't like astrology fluent, um, Chiron is this placement of, um, it's kind of known as the wounded healer and, uh, where it shows up in our birth chart often kind of show, uh, kind of shows us like where we need to be healed and for me um you know that in, in leo and also in the fifth house is this uh kind of place of self-expression and so i think that that's kind of ironic i do have um a strong emphasis on leo in my chart um with both my moon and venus in there but um yeah chiron i feel like it's kind of there like um to teach me how to be expressive and kind of how to unlock that Leo energy. It's definitely a lesson in my life, but anyhow, I digress. Um, no, no. Yeah. I, I find it so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think um, that it's definitely been a really uh, interesting journey for me, like kind of navigating what it means for me to be online and to present myself online um I, and the journey is far from over um in fact in many ways it's only just begun but yeah i when i first started studying astrology a long time ago i knew immediately like that that this is what i want to do i want to be an astrologer like it 
had such an immediate strong impact on me and I wanted to facilitate that impact for other people. Um, and honestly, like this was far before um, social media was as pervasive as it is now and important yeah. in independent and um, small business owners now. Um, so that was kind of something I knew very early on, but I was too young and unfocused to like facilitate and make that, you know, my reality. And, uh, over the last, or maybe like a little over two years ago, it kind of that goal and that, um, desire really came back to my forefront. Um, and in, in a pandemic, um, centric world. And so of course, you know, I think over the last several years, um, and especially since the pandemic, there's been even more of an emphasis on the role of social media as um, independent business owners, as small business owners, as people who want to step out of the no like quote unquote norm and, yeah. you know, do a uh, quote unquote career uh, <laughs> on their own terms. Um, yeah, internet has become vital to that uh, kind of manifesting in so many ways. Um, so anyways, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I came back to that goal and that desire to be an astrologer and I saw no way around the social media thing. And it's been a journey. It's definitely been, um, you know, I've, I've, I kind of started off with just like Instagram posts and it's definitely required me to kind of take what I want to be doing and put it in a medium that I like don't necessarily want to be doing it in. Um, uh, and I've slowly gotten comfortable putting my face in front of a camera. I, it, I'm trying to get comfortable making reels um, and, uh, you know, eventually TikToks. Um, I, right now I'm kind of struggling with the time constraint of reels specifically. I'm like, I can't get everything I want to say out in this like short minute and a half. It's so um, hard. TikTok's it's so easier hard. for that. Yeah, I know. I'm just like kind of scared of TikTok. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> everything's like so immediate on TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not quite ready for that. But um, I'm getting there. I will get there eventually. But yeah, I um, I would say that like I slowly just like learning how to be myself and learning that like that's the best way to approach being in these spaces um, and knowing that by being yourself, that's the only way you're going to kind of call in the kind of people you want to be working with and that you want to be following yeah. you, you know, when you're putting on this front or trying to be palatable or um, like, you know, have wide appeal, things get mis messy in those spaces really fast. So. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, it's, especially nowadays, like, you can't just go on social media and like sell and then that's it. Like people, the the way you're going to build an audience of the people that are right for you is sort of to let them in a little bit and let them see totally. you as a real person. And um, again, for me, no problem. Don't care. <laughs> I don't have any healing around the Leo stuff that I need. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I came yeah, out comfortable no with it. Totally. That's been a super recent realization for me personally. Um, and you hit the nail on the head, but I kind of, when I started my like Instagram journey, um, kind of trying to like figure out, you know, how to become an astrologer through that medium, which 
a quick digression, I've quickly realized that, you know, just a present on Instagram isn't what makes you an astrologer. And so sometimes it's easier to kind of like look to other outlets and funnel through Instagram as a means of communication. Um, yeah. Like I said, I digress. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. I kind of really started things out by just making these graphics and posting these long captions that were, you know, in not to toot my own horn, but like well-written, very beautiful breakdowns of transits and lunations and things. But the thing is, is like people don't really necessarily always read that. And yeah. um, I, you know, was doing this based in like making graphics and writing, but like in a medium like TikTok or Instagram, like that's not what people are looking for. And I very much realized, especially in this day and age of scammers and AI and <sighs> like kind of all this like, these extra things, it's like people want to see the person behind what's going on. They want to connect with you. They want to, um, you know, know who you are and who they're interacting with. And yeah, so that's definitely um, a realization that I've had. Yeah, absolutely. I, spe- I feel like especially, um, I would say post-pandemic, but also like not to get political, post-2016, people sort of want to know who you are, where you are as a person and aren't interested in giving their money to people who like, they don't know their morals and values. Um, you know what I mean? Totally. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not saying like advice wise to other small business owners. I'm not saying like you have to get on and start shouting about politics because like, no, I'm a tarot reader and I make, you know, I make candles and stuff like I'm not a political pundit here to debate the minutia of politics. But it's clear where I stand if you follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think people are a lot more comfortable because, like, you're either on one side of the fence or you're on the other <laughs> right now. Agreed. <laughs> so, 100% agreed. Absolutely. So I think it's important, you know, we can't just be like, you know, if I'm throwing advice out there to anybody trying to do stuff on social media, we can't any longer be, like, commercial or – I mean, I'm sure there are, um, you know, those people that get on TikTok and have millions and millions and millions of followers that just do like innocuous things and don't ever talk about anything. And they're just sort of like comfort to other people. Um, But people aren't necessarily giving their money to them. Like people that, you know, there's people like like Mama Tot who will just sit and talk and listen or like people that will just like do food, food reviews, whatever. That's one thing. But if you're trying to sell a service and trying to like you know, you want people to know and trust you and who you are, they need to sort of see what you stand for. So it's important to show up as yourself. Um, But there also are for sure boundaries that need to happen because you can go too far the other way, obviously, (laughs) like (laughs) really let people too far in. Um, So it's an interesting balance to strike. How have you found sort of trying to figure out um, where you want that balance to be, like what your comfortable, your uh, level of comfortability is with like how much you show yourself and your personality online versus, you know, how much you stay offline? Yeah. Um, for me, I think that like, um, I love everything you just said, because I think it is so essential to make sure that people know where you are. And like, personally, like, and this is something that's been on my mind as of late. And as I'm trying to give, you know, my social media presence more shape and kind of like find what feels comfortable there. Um, one of the things that I've realized is like, I need to make those things more clear. Like I need to be more clear about where I, you know, stand on certain things or like who I am or, or making it clear that I am a safe space and what, you know, my own practices center around. Um, uh, because so much of like where I started was just focusing on astrology. 
And so like now I'm kind of on this journey of figuring out like how to make it clear um, and kind of let people know who's behind the, you know, the words and the, and the transits and the breakdowns and whatever, and who I am as a person. Um, and I mean, you know, for me, that line, I think is, um, especially as someone who's not really looking to be an influencer or looking to be a, you know, public figure or personality, like I am a writer and an astrologer and a teacher. And that's like, you know, what I, what I do, and I'm not really looking to be more than that. Um, and yeah. so personally, like, for me, um, I feel like that line kind of falls like right after making sure that people know, um, you know, my own values and, you know, what, if, if my space is a space that aligns with them or not, um, and, you know, who it's a safe space for, um, beyond that, I, um, really like, don't uh, feel like the desire, the need to put much more about myself out there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I guess bringing no. personality into it is also important. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think you can do that um, through just teaching, you know what I mean? Through just yeah. like, showing up and like providing that value through teaching stuff. Um and, you know, I know you're a writer, so I know you like to write, but also sometimes – and you're, you will find your audience that loves that as well. I'm so sorry. My mom's dog is here, and she likes to bark. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's quite all <laughs> right. If you can as hear that, that's what's going on. As long as it's fine for you, it's fine. She's just – she's on medicine, but it doesn't stop her from being stressed out all the time. <laughs> um, anyway. You know, same. Same. <laughs> same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so maybe we just need to scream into the void more often. Maybe that's, maybe she's got something going on that we don't know about. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> she's just going to keep going. Um, if it gets too bad, I'll just have to cut some out. If not, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry, you're welcome. Um, but I was saying, so I think that you can absolutely do that through teaching in your space online, but you're also going to find like, you know, there's so many people hammer home like niche, niche, niche. You need to find your niche, niche, niche. Um, and I think you will yeah. find that. Like you'll find the people yeah. that um, are really attracted to um, the way that you communicate things and, you know, how you lay things out so beautifully in longer text form. But you can also do, um, you know, show your personality, but just teaching and not necessarily coming on and talking about your day or, you know what I mean? Like I think you can still like find a way. I'm, I'm and I'm saying you do this well, but I'm sort of like the general you as in giving advice to other people. Totally. Like if you just want to teach and you don't want to show necessarily anything really about your life, you can totally do that and still impart your personality into it. Like you don't need to scrub yourself squeaky clean. You can come on, show up as you, but still you're just providing um, whatever value you want to provide, like whatever thing that you wouldn't want to talk about or teach people about, you can totally do that. And I think you're doing a really good job of that. Um, Thank you. Do you find – so I find online much easier um, sort of energetically than on in person, like personally. I'm working on that. <laughs> a friend of mine and I are going to be starting a monthly moon market in our um, city, and I've got to just suck it up and deal with it. But I get drained so quickly being in person. Do you find it easier to work in person than you do online? 
Yeah, I do. Amazingly enough. And I think that comes with a caveat um, of um, kind of like knowing that when you're dealing with in uh, online versus in-person things, in-person things can come in many like forms and um, and kind of formats and settings. So for instance, something like a moon market, um, you know, there is a little bit less control over how many people are showing up, how many people you're interacting with, what kind of people you're interacting with. Like you are kind of, you know, having to put yourself in a little bit more of an exposed and vulnerable uh, situation where you don't really have as much control over the energies that you're interacting with. Um, And, you know, that's not to say that that's, you know, a bad thing or a good thing even like it's, it is just, a medium of interacting with people that some people might find more draining than others. Um, But on the other end of that, like I recently did uh, an in-person class and in-person readings um, with partnered with um, like a really cool spiritual shop in uh, another city that has a great following. And so, um, you know, specifically the workshop I taught, was just this very beautiful, intimate container with a set number of people. And, um, you know, the the vibes were immaculate. <laughs> um, yeah. Everyone was wonderful. We had amazing conversation. And it was just us in this container for two hours. And, like, personally, those are the kind of interactions that um, I feel very fueled by. Um, you know, these kind of... Um, containers where you have maybe like a very comfortable cozy setting and you know a very specific number of people where uh there's this openness for conversation and exchange of thought um that you know is definitely a very different style of in-person setting than say a a market um i feel similarly about doing readings in person um i don't know um you know your experience with offering tarot readings in person but I have personally found that there is a little bit more of an openness and comfortability and um, ability to kind of uh, connect with someone when I'm reading for them in person versus when I'm reading with them online Mm. um, that uh, tends to give way for more, um, more intimate and more like empowering conversations. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I find I just like energetically get drained <laughs> in person. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, in the in the moment, I in, I really enjoy it. Um, but I do find so the only in person stuff that I've ever really done, I um, volunteer my time for a place that all the money goes towards um, helping anim- like local animals in need, like the shelters and stuff like that. Um, so people that come to the events aren't necessarily like, oh yeah, I'm really interested in tarot. I want to come do this thing. It's more like they're there to support this event that's happening and I'm also there and they get to like try tarot for the first time. So that's a lot of it. Like a lot of people that come are like trying for the first time. So there is that already openness to trying it because if they didn't want to try it, they wouldn't. Um, but online it's easier to find the people that are really interested in it um so i do find that in person my experiences i've had a lot of more like closed off people it it, i'm able to turn the tide for them and they you know enjoy their experience and stuff but um 
for me, it's easier when people are already like coming to the experience open. Like I'm not looking for a challenge. If yeah. Sense. Yeah. Understandable. Um, and to but, be fair, like when I was speaking of in, in-person readings, um, it, it kind of, um, uh, oh, sorry. What am I trying to say? Um, kind of like a more like curated clientele coming in. Yeah. Um, not so much. Yeah. Like, um, I totally, uh, get where you're coming from and, uh, agree with you a hundred percent because those, those kind of like wild card in-person thing, you have that openness, but also that's where you get the questions like, you know, when am I going to get married? Is my ex coming back? You know, it's just like those kind of less informed, not less informed, no shame to, to people who ask questions like that, but just like less, um, there's more expectation put on you to just like have answers rather than understanding that these are mediums of exploration. Right. Yeah. So in person, it's, you're a lot more likely to get people that don't really have a background in any of this. So they don't really necessarily understand that it doesn't work that way. Like through astrology and tarot. um, I mean, there are some people that work as psychic mediums and say that they can predict stuff and whatever, and that's cool. I do not operate that way. Um, So I'm, it's more, like you said, just a medium of exploration. And um, like we are like divining answers or whatever, you know, via these different applications, but you're not necessarily really going to get a clear, like you are getting married in two months. (laughs) Like it's, it's not how it works. So (laughs) there is a little bit of a barrier there in person, but again, like my um, example is so specific and also I'm such an introvert. So like. Don't (laughs) don't listen to anything I say. But I will say to your point of with like the moon market versus like a very curated, we're having this event that, you know, your astrology, you were teaching. um, It wasn't just about astrology, right? It was the history of witchcraft as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. History of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. So people know what they're coming for and they are into it and they are ready to learn. And so they're much more open. And um, I love that. So I I did have some nervousness going into deciding to do this moon market, but also like we're making it very clear what it is. (laughs) So hopefully people aren't, you know, people that are going to, um, you know, think we're going to burn in hell for doing what we're doing, aren't going to show up and be like, what's going on here? So, um, but there is that, you know, markets are a much more like some people might just wander in and you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know know what kind of reactions you're going to get. So um, I love the idea of, especially for people that do like me have a harder time in person. If you're wanting to build your in-person community, doing like a very specific I am teaching this class or I am doing these readings in this space that is also very clearly, um, you know, like spiritual or whatever, you know, um, aside from, you know, going to the mall and doing, you know, but I think it's such good advice to do something that's like much more curated because you're going to find the people that are interested in it. You know what I mean? You're totally. not going to. Mm-hmm. Somebody that thinks you're evil is not going to show up to, no. to get well, a reading. Or learn <laughs> I'd love to hear yeah. more about your – Was it, so was that your first class that you taught? That was my first in-class – or I'm sorry, in-person class. In-person. That that's, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. I've, I've, done, um, I've done workshops. Right. Um, actually, I've done uh, like free workshops um, 
leading up to this. Um, but this was kind of my first, like, um, very like, um, constructed syllabus. Like, uh, it wasn't, it was informal. It was very conversational, but like, um, kind of very presented as like a, like structured, uh, like class. Um, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. Um, it was such a lovely group of people. Um, and I was so excited to really uh, kind of share my own knowledge and perspective on this topic that is, um, I think, uh, very glossed over in online like witchy spaces and just like not really like given a lot of attention to. Um, uh, so it, it was really cool to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to be teaching um, online again the history of witchcraft? Because I definitely want to take, <laughs> I definitely yes. want to take it the next time it comes up. Yeah, yeah. I by the time this gets posted, it will have probably already passed. Um, okay. But no, it will it definitely will have already passed. But I am teaching on Monday, February the thirteenth. Um, I am doing the just about the same class that I taught in um in in person um I wanted to kind of translate it also to online because I do have intentions of reviving this class and fleshing it out and making it longer I I definitely um plan on teaching it again probably this spooky season um okay. I think is like a good time um for that yeah yeah definitely if it if there's a demand for it is it something that you would um think about like teaching more regularly like once a month or you know a like a few times a year oh totally absolutely yeah um I think if if the demand is there it would be something I would consider like having recorded and like putting it up in um in like a storefront like an online storefront um so mm -hmm. that people can kind of like watch it on demand uh that being said uh in my experience so far with this class what has made it so um just like wonderful and um like really um powerful was kind of like the facilitation of discussion because a lot of what uh the class centered around was kind of exploring what the meaning of witchcraft was to us as a group okay. and as individuals and you know how we can utilize this really like uh crazy history of this concept and and word itself um, to kind of construct a responsible practice and to, um, you know, have um, reverence for, you know, what we are able to do nowadays um, and, you know, responsibly um, own something that has had humongous implications on millions of people over centuries. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that it's such a great thing to um have in one class like obviously you can't touch on every single thing that's ever existed with no. <laughs> like there's there's so much um but I think it is an important topic to cover because like you said you're not really seeing it that much online from what I've seen anyway um that could yeah. just be an algorithm issue but so much of the online which space <laughs> has become I don't know. Uh, a lot of it's like very sensationalized. A lot of it is very like who can make the prettiest, most expensive thing. Um, and like all these, yeah. you have to do all these like crazy rules that don't actually really exist. And um, 
Yeah. So I think it's an important thing for people wanting to get into it because if you are – I mean, I do not suggest ever, ever relying solely on online spaces for your information, but it, it's daunting to try to mm-hmm. research all of it on your own. So having somebody that um, is at least breaking down you know, a good starting point for it, it, I think it's such a good jumping off point for people and it's important for people because – it can be a lot. There are so many different books and so many of them are problematic. And how do you know which author is problematic and which one isn't? And who do you trust online? And I'm trying to learn um, a basic history of witchcraft is not the easiest thing to do. So having somebody break it down, I think is really cool. And I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of call for it. So hopefully it will be a more permanent thing for you. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, part of my kind of mission with that too and kind of like a side project tangent to it um that I've like initiated that's just going to be an ongoing thing is kind of like really building a list of resources for people and kind of explaining hey like if is you know what type of you know practices are you looking for where um you know here are some responsible um creators that i appreciate here are some books that i found valuable um you know here's the appropriate content warnings you know here's these list this list of historical sources that you know have valuable information but it's really important to consider like a b and c of the context of when they were written and who they were written by and you know kind of um I, it's definitely a goal of mine to to have some sort of resource that people can look to 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 be able to to find what they need. I think that would be such an invaluable resource because it, it like I said, it is so hard to know. I mean, I've been interested in it and researching and reading for like several years now, but even still, I'm like, I'll start reading a book and be like, oh God, this is super problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you only really know until you stumble across it. So having like a one-stop shop that lists out like the different um, backgrounds of witchcraft and reliable resources. And even, you know, if you were to say like, this is not something that I'm versed on, but here are these people that you can trust and go listen to and like get their tips and opinion, just a starting point of here's where to start, where to look for, like, what's the thing you're interested in? Go read these, but be aware that this part of it is problematic because I mean again there are so many things that you start off reading um early on and then you start realizing like this is, sounds really problematic and everybody around me is saying this is problematic so yeah totally I think that would totally. be a really amazing resource I think it would take a lot of work but I think if anybody would be able to do it and do it well I think it would be you so <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> I will continue to encourage you to do that. So hopefully, yeah, thank that's you. You're able it's to a do. it's an ongoing project. It will it yeah. ultimately is going to be something that is a, a constantly fluctuating and flowing. Um, as, as of right now, it's a Google Doc. So I'll add you to it after this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's definitely an undertaking. And then also, you know, in addition to that, like, there's so many like just antiquated resources out there too that just like I would never ever yeah. tell somebody like starting their witchcraft journey like 
hey, you know, you should really read Agrippa's three books of occult philosophy. Like that is <laughs> not like, no, that's so boring and long and like just, but lucky for you, I like to read stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. It can get discouraging, mm-hmm. especially for people mm-hmm. who totally. don't have the attention span to try to slog through a really weighty book or like a really weighty book series in that way. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. I'm excited about that. <laughs> I can't <laughs> done tomorrow, please. <laughs> I, I want this to exist. can't make any promises. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were touching a little bit on sort of your teaching journey. Um and I know I've sort of recently gotten to a place where I'm interested in, you know, teaching a class maybe on tarot. How did you sort of um, get to the point of realizing I'm at a point where I can actually teach people stuff now? Like what sort of turned that light on for you? Yeah, um, I love that question because I think it's um, such an interesting thing, like, you know, when you're kind of studying these like esoteric philosophies and disciplines and mediums like astrology and tarot, there's kind of this moment where you realize like that, you know, more than you think you did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you realize you're more proficient than you think you are. Um, uh, and I think that, um, for me, I've always wanted to be a teacher, like since I was, you know, a tiny child like the you know the two first things that I like wanted to be when I grew up was a teacher and an author and so that desire to teach has always been there for me um but uh I think that I kind of recently I like you know I knew that I wanted teaching to be a part of my astrology journey and a part of my work as an astrologer um I think that I only really recently kind of realized that um, I like was in a place where I had the knowledge and comfortability with my knowledge to do so, um, because I had the just absolute privilege of being on this like really wonderful treat retreat this, um, past October. And it was kind of like an astrology centric retreat. Um, and, uh, everyone there was just showering me with the most beautiful compliments about the way I explain things and the way that I talk about things. And it kind of made me realize that, um, you know, I, in my, I had been kind of putting off doing all these things like teaching, um, until I, in my mind, I needed to reach this certain milestone with followers or like online presence or like having people who cared about what I had to say, like that had to happen first. And I kind of had this realization that, you know, the way for me to get to a place um, where my practice, like I'm able to completely and independently sustain myself and provide for myself through my practice is going to come through me doing these things that I care about and want to be doing. And so that kind of made me realize that I needed to put myself on the line and do things like teach and, you know, the students will follow. I might start off with one student. I might start off with two students and, you know, eventually the people who want to learn from me will show up. Yeah, absolutely. I think just doing it, I mean, knowing that you're ready to do it is important, right? I mean, but there is not going to be, like you said, some data point that's like, okay, time to go now. You're ready. (laughs) Totally. Um, It's just sort of 
like getting comfortable with the knowledge that you have. I'll say for me, um, it, it sounds silly, but it got to a point where like on social media, like TikTok especially is where I do a lot of my content, um, a lot of my like quote unquote teaching content. I like to make things really digestible and really easy to understand and quick and fast because I know, especially as somebody um, with ADHD, I know how hard it can be um, trying to – like especially with tarot, there, there are so many cards. There's so much nuance to every single card. It can be really frustrating starting with tarot because you just want to know all the cards and you want to know everything right away and it's just not possible. It's going to take years, um, but I have found that I really enjoy getting people started. Like I like being the jumping off point of here's the vibe. Here's this quick soundbite vibe of this card. Take that and go learn more. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I found that people were continually asking me questions and kept coming to me as a source for sort of that level. Like I'm not um, necessarily teaching all of the depth and nuance because it's really hard to do in one minute, three minutes. You know what I mean? It's not really possible. Um, but so I found that, oh, okay, people keep coming to me as a resource and I'm actually – I know the answers <laughs> when they're asking me these questions. So um, maybe I'm at a point where I could teach more and it's something that interests me. Um, but yeah, there was no like – you hit this many followers, you're good to go now. It was just sort of, oh, okay, I feel comfortable with this. I can answer these questions when people ask me. I think that, or I know that I could put together. Um, so I, what I would want to teach is tarot 101, just like the basics, break things down. Um, and I know that I could do that and it doesn't terrify me. <laughs> so that's sort of how <laughs> I knew <laughs> that I was at the right point. Um, but I do think it's important that you are comfortable. Sure, I mean, do things scared? Like maybe you have anxiety over teaching a class, but I do think it's important to also be self-aware. Um, if you don't know enough, if you can't answer those questions, maybe don't oh, <laughs> put yourself my God, out there yes. as a teacher. And there is no shortage of frustrating information around yeah. tarot and around astrology. And I, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um for me, I, um, you know, like it took eight years of studying astrology to even get to a point where I was, um, you know, ready to give readings. And I'm not saying that like everyone needs, you know, no one should be giving readings unless they've studied astrology for 10 years. Like that's not, you know, the case at all. Um, but I, I think that, um, especially in kind of this um, current age of this desire to be content creators and desire to be influencers and desire to kind of have these voices online. There's um, the world could do with a little bit more discretion (laughs) before putting information out there. And um, yeah, I I was recently having a conversation with someone around kind of like that frustration of like, there's a lot of, uh, content creators who talk about astrology out there rather than astrologers who make content about what they you know study and know and so yeah I I definitely agree with that yeah absolutely I mean you can pinpoint somebody who doesn't know anything about tarot who was just doing tarot readings on tiktok so easy well 
no, I take that back. I can because I understand tarot. <laughs> yeah. <and I> tarot. <laughs> Um, but for people that don't, they it's going to be hard for them to tell who actually knows what they're talking about and who doesn't because if you're not studying it and you don't know the nuance behind the card, anybody can say anything that they want. You know what I mean? Like even for me, and, and I know I've talked to you about this before, like for whatever reason, my brain refuses to understand astrology. Like I am trying. <laughs> I keep trying. But for some reason, I think because I like to work really um, – like tactile, tactile, tactile. Oh no, I don't yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, I really, I need something in my hand and I need to like be able to look and move things. I think because I don't have that for astrology, my brain's like, nope, <laughs> we're not going to understand. Yeah, this. totally. Um, totally. So for me, it, you know, I do need to be a little bit more wary about who I am consuming astrology information from, but I know I have you <laughs> and I know that you really, <laughs> really know what you're talking about. So but, you know, for people that don't know, um, don't have a background in astrology or tarot, it is hard if you're just like scrolling on TikTok and somebody is doing a tarot reading yeah. and they say Especially literally with, like, anything. Lives. And yeah. And a lot of people seek these mediums uh, out. Um, I, and when I say medium, I mean like the medium of like astrology or tarot, not like psychic mediums necessarily. Right. But um asterisk um but a lot yeah, of people like seek these spaces out and seek readers out when they're in moments of crisis when they yeah, have things absolutely. that are really like where they just like don't know what to do and don't know where to turn and just need an answer and so a lot of these people who don't know what they're talking about are really able to capitalize on people's fears which is pretty scary and um yeah. and uh, i was yeah. scrolling through tiktok the other day and i saw a tarot reader who was saying that they were going to tell people when they were going to get pregnant. And I just thought, Oh, I'm, I'm almost afraid not. to ask, but was it, um, was it a female tarot reader or a male tarot reader? It was a female or, or um, non-binary. I, well, I assume it was, I, I'm assuming their gender. I assume they presented female. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, you okay. know, I can't speak That's to their okay. gender, but it looked like, um, you know, a probably a woman in like their yeah. in like their forties or something, and oh, okay. I, I didn't catch their screen name. Uh -huh. I'm just like, how? This, yeah, irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I, I asked that because um, I just like my initial reaction was like, if this was a man telling women what oh. they were gonna do in their body, so that that was the reason I asked that question. Um, but yeah, uh, we already have enough still, of that anyway. It, yeah. It, <laughs> Regardless, regardless of who it was, what their gender was, or how they presented, that's just still incredibly irresponsible. I just and no, no, and that's something that I, I we touched on a little bit when I was talking to um, Britt of the local hedge, which was the first episode. We touched on like the scammers and stuff a little bit and how to discern. But anybody, any astrologer, tarot reader, anything that is a real like medium, any of them that are real and understand the ethics behind it and actually know what they're talking about, will never say to you, I will tell you when you're going to get pregnant. I will tell you anything about your medical information. Like, they're not going to do it. <laughs> um, but it's just so prevalent online now that this is what people, especially like the younger generations now, God, I sound like such an old person, but the younger generations now <laughs> are going to grow up being like, this is a normal thing. This is what a tarot reader or an astrologer is and does. And it absolutely isn't. So please, if you see people doing that, they're not real. Ignore them. Yes. 
seek out, seek out. If you are, I guess now I'm speaking out to anybody listening to this, especially people that are um, maybe new to tarot or astrology or anything. Um, if you are interested in getting a reading, spend time with someone, uh, like with, with the things that people are saying before you give them your money. At, yes. Like, um, you know, or, or in, unless maybe, you know, you have somebody that comes highly re- recommended from somebody, you know, like, I just, just vet, vet where you're going, you know, yeah. make sure that it's somebody whose values you can resonate with and whose approach you can resonate with. And, um, you know, it's, um, that it's very important to make sure you're finding the voice because even within tarot and astrology, even people, amongst like those who do know their, like what they're talking about and are very studied and and know their, their discipline. Um, you know, there's still a million and one approaches and as many approaches as there are readers responsible or not. And so, you know, um, there, somebody might know everything in the world, but if, you know, the way that they approach reading for you doesn't, you know, resonate with you or kind of like, there's something about, them their energy that doesn't line up with your energy then you know you it might turn you off to that thing that otherwise you know you might have a good had a good experience with yeah absolutely and there are so many red flags that people might miss because they're in a state of crisis um so i would say one maybe don't seek people out when you're like smack dab in the middle of a storm because you <laughs> may not be as discerning you're going to listen to your feelings and not your brain but uh, a real – anybody that's doing th- any of this for real is not going to reach out to you first. Yes. None of us will DM you for a reading. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. Um, and it will never start with the words grand rising. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it will not have 30 emojis in one sentence. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, none of us are going to make any crazy promises. If people are um, using fear tax – fear tactics or sensationalizing. No, they just want your money. They're not real. Um, This sort of flows into my next question. Um, I know that both of us like place importance on finding um, mentorship and finding the right mentor. Do you have, and that can come into literally anything. Like it can be specifically for learning tarot or astrology um, or it can be for like learning how to do the accounting for your business or like literally totally. anything. There's there's mentorship for anything. But do you have any tips for people on like how you navigate finding the right person for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think very similarly to um, finding the, per- the right reader for you, um, you know, if you are looking for a mentor to learn these things or to kind of explore these spaces in a deeper meaning, or in a, in a deeper, like, relationship within your own life, um, looking for somebody whose approach resonates with you, looking for someone whose values resonate with you. Um, I am a big believer in mentorship in general. Um, I, I think especially in these, like, kind of like we were talking earlier in these, uh, in today's age where so much of what we consume is in these mediums like Instagram and TikTok and like these very instant gratification mediums where we're taking in just like a lot of information at once. Um, I think that there's a huge importance in um, and even and even in like longer format settings in, in YouTube or like kind of just these like places where the parasocial relationship is kind of um 
the way that you're learning. Um, I think that it's really, really important to make sure that you're in learning spaces where you uh, can actually build a connection with someone, actually have a human connection with someone um, and, you know, cultivate a relationship um, with someone who has been doing this longer than you, has the wisdom to tell you, like, um, has the wisdom to kind of give you insight on their journey um, and, you know, kind of give you tips on based on their experiences that may or may not translate to your own experience. Um, I have been blessed with some really, really incredible mentors in my own journey in astrology and in witchcraft in general. Um, and uh, those are the experiences that have shaped who I am as a practicing witch, as an astrologer. Uh, those are those are the experiences that put me on the path that I'm on, um, more so than any content creator I have um, interacted with. And yeah. there's just something very, very special about it. And I think it, it also kind of relates to and boils down to the, the concept of, of having lineage and um, you know, so much of what makes folk magic, folk magic is the just careful passing on of knowledge through this very intimate human connection. And um, I think that it's very important to keep that alive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, if you find yourself in a um, place with a mentor where the, there are mentors that have can pass on a ton of great knowledge, but also um, can be, you know, problematic. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> start recognizing, like, don't blind yourself to somebody as well, because when somebody's in a position of mentorship, you can sort of blind yourself to any like red flags that they have because they're providing so much value to you. They're really teaching you and can be like genuinely teaching you amazing things and really helping you out. Um, but make sure that you aren't so blinded by the fact that they're your mentor because they're human as well um, so that you can sort of, you know, not necessarily keep your guard up, but be on the lookout for things that might, yeah. you might not vibe with. And then know when it's time to cut the cord because there are some people who will just latch onto a mentor and blindly follow them to the ends of the earth, good, bad, or indifferent. And that's also not great like that can lead oh, to some no, very like absolutely cult say, vibes I think, <laughs> I th yes is it a mentor or is it a cult leader um is right the first question you ask yourself the second yeah. the second thing too if you're entering some sort of space of mentorship like for example like I have uh you know two major mentors that come to mind for me and um both of them I uh interacted with um, you know, through taking classes with them and through being in spaces where they were um, kind of in their, their teaching spaces that they were facilitating but multiple times before I approached them about continuing in a more intimate learning setting. Um, also, with that in mind, too, um, I think that one of the most important things to consider if you're in a space of mentorship and in a space of like one-on-one -on -one learning with someone who has the potential to ha have, you know, like um, uh, the upper hand in, uh, in like a power balance, um, is this person making you, helping you to be more fully you or are they trying to make you 
uh, into them, um, if that makes sense? Or are they trying yeah. to make you dependent on them and their power? Yes. Um, it's, that, um, is also something, it's something I think in my experience I'm blessed with is like, I have worked with people who, you know, their goal is to help me get to where I want to be and help put me in a place where I am my, you know, um, doing what I want to be doing. And so that is what a mentorship should be. It should be someone who helps elevate you and find that authenticity within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. No, I 100% agree with that. Um, And I think that's such good advice for everybody because it can be – you can really just lose yourself in um, following somebody that you look up to. I mean, in any sense, you know, parasocial relationships, celebrity, uh, whatever it is, like, you know the cool kids in school, like whatever it is, you can totally lose yourself. And that's also true in mentorship and like just, you know, make sure that you're aware and checking in with yourself. Like, does this still feel right? Am I getting what I need? Um, are, are, like you said, are they trying to make me dependent on them? Stuff like that. Just like check in with yourself pretty regularly. But I Absolutely. agree totally that I think mentorship is really important because doing everything blindly isn't really going to get you where you need to go, especially um, when it comes to witchcraft, because like you said, there's such a long, rich history. Like you can, there are loads of people that completely do it on their own and that's fine. But um, I think you're going to get a lot more depth uh, out of um, your workings and you like you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot more with somebody who has that knowledge so just like everything else strike that balance um yeah all right so let's get into the three questions that I ask every guest on the show so inner child healing we touched on it a little bit earlier on Mm -hmm. is a big part of anybody's journey um so I do want to touch on it and it's funny you um sort of answered this question already but if 10 year old you could see who you are today what would they say um, yeah, so we did touch on this a little bit, and I think that's certainly part of my answer. I would say within um, my style and like personal aesthetic, aesthetic, um, there's so much of it that rings back to so many things I had strong interests in um, as a child. Um, I would also say as a child, um, I was very interested in like very and you know I was one you know one of those spooky kids. I was very interested in like. I was very interested in ancient cultures um, and kind of like mysterious mysteries through history and stuff like that. I that. Um, was yeah, I definitely was like watching all those like um, weird documentaries on the History Channel that like now I'd probably watch and be like, oh wow, this is like really problematic. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and things like ancient aliens and stuff where you're like, oh wow, like this is actually yeah. super racist. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah. But like things like that, um, that were on, you know, network cable television at the time when I had access to, um, I was definitely very interested in, um, those kinds of things. So I think like, um, the fact that I am interested in not only things like astrology and the occult, but also the history of those things and, and, you know, like the, the journey um, through time that has made those things what they are today. I think that that would just make a lot of sense to 10 year old me, um, I think uh, I would, um, I think I'd be very proud of myself, which I think is like a recent thing, like over the last couple of years, like 
10 year old me like a few years ago probably would have been like, ah, get it together. But like now, (laughs) (laughs) but like now she'd be like, all right, okay, this is cool. This is like not what I thought, but also it is like what I wanted in so many ways. It just looks different than what I would have expected. I love that. As you know, part of my um, sort of vibe is helping people embrace Leo levels of self-love because you got to do it. Um, That being said, tell me three things that you love about yourself. Man, I've like listened to all the other episodes so far, so I knew this question was coming and yet it is not making it any easier to answer. It Um, is the one that gets everybody. (laughs) And I have to say, it would get me too. I'd be like, oh, God. (laughs) Um, Well, I I guess, um, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but I would say like my personal style Um, I'm very proud about that. I've really curated a closet that is not only reflective of me aesthetically and an aesthetic I'm really proud of, but I've also worked really hard to curate a closet that is um, reasonably sustainable and rooted in supporting brands whose, um, you know, production means and values I align with as well as uh, my I mean, actually, I would easily say at least 75% of my closet is is vintage secondhand. So like, you know, continuing to give things life. And um, so I I definitely am proud of that. Um, I am also, I love um, my desire and hunger for knowledge. Um, I am totally a hyper fixator. And I want like when I get into something, I don't just get into it. I want to know it from the bottom, from the inside out. I want to know it fully, um, which is how I ended up doing things like teaching history of witchcraft and and being into Hellenistic astrology is because it's not just enough to know the things. I need to know where it came from, how it got to where it is today, why it looks like it does today, and, you know, what that journey looked like. And I think that that's really cool. And Let's see. What's the third? I'm trying to make these things, um, these three things, like things that are about like me, not about like my possessions or like where I live or like things that are actually about me. Um, I would say um, my very Libran ability to see things from another perspective and to really um, put myself into the perspective of others and um, using that to make informed decisions and judgments and opinions on things. Um, yeah. I, I love uh, that. I, yeah. I think that that's something that I do almost to my detriment at times because I'm definitely an overthinker, but, mm-hmm. um, but also I think in a world where um, people tend to, not want to go beyond their bubble and not want to have empathy for people whose experiences look different than others. I think that that's a quality that more people should have. Yeah, absolutely. As somebody raising a Libra, I see that in her (laughs) so much. My kid is very much that way. And again, sometimes to her detriment, but I mean, just before ever thinking of herself is thinking of literally everybody else and is empathizing with everybody, everything, everybody. It's such a beautiful Libra quality. I, I love that. And I think it's it's important to 
recognize that and love that as well because like you said so many people um you know that don't live that way and don't understand um how your brain works in that way are just living in their bubble and you know there's a, a lot of people that who are not um sort of evolved when it comes to their emotions will see that as a weakness you know you, you should be yeah. putting yourself first all the time and um you know, my kid has really helped me to um, understand like how beautiful that is. And I do, I love that. And I think you should be proud of it. So yay. <laughs> um, so third question. Um, well, <laughs> the third question that I ask everybody, I should say, is <laughs> um, sort of the whole premise of this podcast is supporting small businesses, like highlighting small businesses, chatting with small businesses, giving advice to people who want to start a small business. So um, what small business have you been loving lately that you'd like to give a shout out to? Okay, well, I have a twofold answer because the first is totally cheating. Um, but I've been obsessed with my New Year's intention oil lately from oh. you. <laughs> um, I uh, have very limited space um, because I live in a city, uh, but I have like a, um, a vanity table that triples as like vanity table, desk and altar space. And so this sits on it and um, I just like open it and smell it all the time. Like while I'm sitting oh, in my computer so working, I just open it and smell it. I just, yeah. And so I'm obsessed with it. I love that. So we'll shout out your small business. Oh, thank um, you. But I'm I so also, glad you like it. <laughs> I'm, I love it. Um, but then I also have been really into um, my friend Jess. Um, she has a, um, her Instagram page is into a noon, which is spelled A-A-N-W-N. It's a Welsh um, world for kind of like the, the fairy world. Or oh, cool. Welsh name for like the fairy world. Um, but she has just these incredible handmade products um, that are that she uh, forages the ingredients herself or grows them herself. Um, so they're all just like made super intentionally, a lot of love into them. And she makes uh, body oils and salves and elixirs, and they all are just so have so much depth and like story behind all of them. They're all very much inspired by um, different myths and um, fairy tales. And um, so they're all just absolutely fantastic products. So I've been, I've been very into that lately. I've been taking her lavender elixir um, that is really delicious. So. Oh, awesome. I love that. I love that um, she like forages and grows stuff. That's so cool. I'll have to, I'm going to yeah, definitely check that out. A, Everybody else check we that out We were apprenticeship well. babies together. We had the same mentor, so. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm a little biased. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, let's go out on that uplifting note. Tell everybody where they can find you across all of your socials, book a reading, come to your classes, all that jazz. Yeah. So I am Corey Ann. I am the witch at the crossroads. It is, it is the full thing. It's spelled exactly as that very long phrase is um you can that's where you can find me on instagram um i am getting better about being consistent on instagram uh you can also find me as the witch at the crossroads on substack um which i write a little bit more like long form things uh, that's also something i'm getting um trying to build a little bit more consistency with um i also write um blog posts for the new and full moon for witchy collective is witchy co on instagram as well so if you you know utilize the moon phases in your practice if you go um 
you know, look for resources for inspiration on the new and full moons. I would definitely recommend you check out that, that out. Um, I usually post about it on my Instagram so you can find it through there too. But yeah. Awesome. You have a website? I don't currently have a website. I have a booking page um, that's uh, at, that you can get through to the link in my bio where you can book readings. Um, I, I don't have a website right now. It's like at the forefront of my like things I need to do. And I just kind of like haven't gotten to it yet. Um, it's such a big undertaking. To, it is. And I also kind of am in this personally in this like space of fluctuation as to like what I'm offering. I'm, you know, right now I'm kind of just offering like just readings, like very blanket statement um, astrology readings. But um, I'm hoping to kind of hone in and do some more specialized, uh, unique readings that tailor more towards specific goals and desires. Um, and so keep an eye out for that. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, there will be a website eventually. Okay, perfect. Um, and yeah. I will have everything listed out in the show notes. So all the correct spellings Amazing. and everything will be down there if anybody needs it. But um, I am Jackie, aka Your Cosmic Bestie. You can find me at Your Cosmic Bestie on Instagram and TikTok my website where you can book a reading or purchase any of the cool witchy things from my shop is yourcosmicbestie.com. And if you want to become a part of the Work and Witch family, come join us over on Instagram at Work and Witch. Again, everything will be in the show notes, so you don't need to worry about spelling. Um, but thanks so much, Corian, for being on. And we'll Thank to you. you later. It was fantastic. Okay.